0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, let us pray. Almighty God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight and be fruitful for our faith. And I pray this in Jesus' name, trusting that the Holy Spirit is being poured out through your word this day. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, Paul uses A phrase today that just about every teenager, I bet, has heard at one point or every parent has said to their teenager, get up and get dressed. (laughs) Wake up, Paul says, and put on Christ. Now, I think we're going to find that the difference is that this isn't a get up and get dressed. This is get up. And get dressed because like the greatest thing um, is ahead in the day uh, for us that we can look forward to it's like when you get out of bed on a day that you you've got so many things in that day that you're so excited about and you just want to get up and get dressed and get going I think that's what the Paul is the Apostle Paul is talking about so I started out at sunrise today because that's what the imagery that Paul uses He says, the night is far gone. The day is arriving. We are closer to our salvation, nearer to our salvation than ever before. Now, that's a powerful phrase right there. I've oftentimes said to people who are getting close to leaving this life, hey, you're getting closer to Christ. But in truthfulness, we're all getting closer to Christ every day. Now when Paul says salvation here, he's clearly talking about it in the Hebrew scriptures, uh, Jewish kind of apocalyptic even um, expectation of salvation, that one day God was going to come in and decisively break into history and right all the wrongs, make all things right. And this is what we believe starts with Jesus and uh, will end with Jesus, and we're in between that time. But what we hear is that that day's nearing and we're getting closer. And that day, by the way, was one that was pretty feared by the Jewish people because if God who was righteous was coming and we're not righteous, that's a problem. And it certainly would be bad news for the Gentile world. But now what the Apostle Paul says is that we can lift up our heads. We can look forward to the coming day Uh, The day of the Lord because in Christ we are made righteous and so it's gonna be a great and glorious day For us because of God's grace and mercy um, As we have faith and trust in what Christ Jesus has done for us So so it's actually Paul doesn't say it as a threat here like wake up and get dressed He says, you know wake up get dressed. This is exciting um, you need something to do in the meantime? Well, he's going to help us out with that today. Um, so, um, we, we are called to wake up. To be awake and not to be asleep. That's kind of interesting. It makes me think about my literature class back at Cal Lutheran over 30 years ago. And I still remember uh, that class. And you have to know that when I came out of high school, I mean, I did okay in school. I had C's in school. I probably wouldn't even be able got to go to college then. Not now. Um, but I went to Cal Lutheran to play baseball. I can't say I'd read many novels. So when I took my first literature class and read great you know, classics like The Plague and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, and Brave New World. These are all existentialist novels um, written by authors and they're really all stories of people being asleep, whether it's the plague or the people in the um, asylum in One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, uh, or Brave New World that people are just kind of asleep. And so they're stories of people being awake in the world now, I know that has a connotation today. But, but in this context, I think what I got remember getting from it is that being awake and not asleep um, has to do with how attentive and aware you are of human suffering. Of, of, um, and now there's lots of ways you can go with those books. But the point is, Paul uses the same imagery. Are you awake? Are you living in this world awake? Or are you kind of numb? and asleep so it's a challenging concept when paul says to wake up our salvation is near now you know with those existentialist novels i always came away thinking wow how awake do you have to be because <laughs> we can never be awake enough right i mean if we were aware of all the human suffering in the world we couldn't exist there's no way we could take it in maybe that's what jesus did on the cross for us But there is this call to be awake to those around me and to the suffering and the struggle around me. Um, And so Paul then launches right in. How do you do that? Well, he says, love your neighbor. He quotes Leviticus 19, a book that sometimes we don't want to hear too much about today. But right in the heart of that book in chapter 19 is this great call that Jesus uses as part of his great commandment. To love our neighbor. Now, of course, we know that neighbor isn't just the people we like, but it um, Jesus expands that whole that whole concept to be even the people that we aren't too crazy about, and uh, even the people who are outside our circle. So this is where we get to a great pillar of the Reformation and a great pillar of our faith in fact you could maybe sum up our faith with two pillars the first pillar is the righteousness of christ given to us through the word and sacraments from the outside alien righteousness it's passive on our part because we don't achieve it it's simply a gift offered to us that's what we celebrate in the gospel that's the first pillar what Jesus did in the cross and resurrection, I mean, his life, death, and resurrection, um, that's, that's the gift we have. Uh, that's the salvation that Paul was saying is nearer to us, or a result of that justification and that gift of Christ is salvation. So um, that's the first pillar. But the second pillar is what Paul talks about love of neighbor. And for us as Lutheran Christians, this is where we have the concept of vocation come rushing in. And that's a lot of people don't realize in the Reformation, that was really a second part of it. Luther believed that every part of our everyday life, what we were to put on Christ and to love our neighbor, um, whether we make shoes or we're a janitor or we're a politician or we're a pastor, we want to do our occupations with all we can give it and glorify God because that, our vocation of loving neighbor gets lived out in all these occupations. Now, um, interestingly, when it comes to our occupations, those are always gonna compete a little bit when we think about our vocation of loving neighbor. For instance, I am a son. I am a husband. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I'm a member of a community. And I'm also a citizen of the United States. And I live in this amazing, great world. Oh, the geese have joined us for the word today. That's cool. Um, So, I've got all these occupations. Now, back in my Boy Scout days as I was working to get to that Eagle Scout, the most challenging merit badges that I remember were the citizenship merit badges. Citizenship in the community, nation, and world. And that's another way to talk about our vocation as it's lived out in community, nation, and world. But I mentioned that these kind of compete with each other. And this is what I mean by that. Some days I'm going to give all I've got to my my occupation as being a parent, as being a dad and I'm going to have to put maybe my occupation as a pastor secondary that day because I really need to give time to my kids that day and so so sometimes I've got to make a choice, wow, do I work with my kids or do I do that extra work I need to do in my job to really make that work um, The you know sometimes I really need to focus in on my responsibilities as a community member. But boy, that's going to take away some time from, um, from maybe my family time or some other time. So, so our occupations always kind of compete with each other and we have God's grace in that. So we do our best and we know we have God's grace and forgiveness in that. So, so what does it look like today as we hear Paul say to wake up, the day is at hand, to love Our neighbor boy this is a challenging time to love our neighbor certainly it involves how we parent certainly involves how we give ourselves to our beloved to our spouses for those of us who are married Um, certainly it involves how we live out our do our occupations Um, how we do our jobs do we do that in a way that glorifies God do we go the extra mile do we treat people with respect and care and love while we do that Um, but I think it means you know what I think it means even more than that Um, what about our citizenship in the community and nation you know this is a tough time for our nation as we prepare for elections as we see way too many examples in particular of african-american men who have been hurt or killed um, in police actions Um, we we need to care about that we need to ponder policing in our country and how that happens and and um, being loving neighbor means that we can't Ignore that, and we have to, in some way, engage with that. Uh, now, I know that people are going to do that differently, and I know it is a complex problem. Um, but one thing I know for sure loving neighbor means is that um, I'm going to care about prejudice and th- racism. We've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. Um, if you, I think part of what loving neighbor means today in that regard is. Is listening to the people of color in our lives Um, and as I do that I can tell you the prejudice is not a thing of the past and neither is racism although we've removed much of it from our laws and official policies it's still there influencing and we have a long ways to go and we need to keep fighting against that and because as a Christian who's called to love neighbor the thought that Someone's skin color dictates how they're treated is uh, antithetical to the very heart of the gospel. But you know what? As I love my neighbor, my brothers and sisters who are peace officers and police officers are my neighbor too, and I care about them. They have an incredibly hard job. When you look at how violent are Communities have gotten to be the prevalence of illegal drugs. Um, if you've ever done a ride-along with an officer, which if you ever get a chance to do so, you should, their job is tremendously, tremendously dangerous and difficult. And I care about them. And we care about them as ones who are called to love our neighbor. So, boy, when you Jesus says love our neighbor and we think about our occupations and our being a citizen in the community, nation, and world, it drives us to think about these issues and, and people. Um, and, and one thing, uh, when I think about loving neighbor today, I think about, even involves how I vote. Now here's the thing about loving neighbor though, it's gonna be complicated. I mean, we'd like to make it simple, and at one level it's simple. There's human beings and we love them. Uh, but, it, but when it comes to how we do that and how we change public policy and how we engage as citizens, and man, what a gift we have to be citizens and actually be able to influence government. That's not the case in most places in the world and historically. Um, but when anybody that takes public policy knows that the first thing you learn is there's always trade-offs and so this is a challenging and difficult thing but it just because it's difficult doesn't mean we get to escape that. So, so as, Christ, as a Christian I know I'm called to engage there and, and I know the body of Christ and the members of Silverdale Lutheran are doing that but they certainly might do that in different ways and have different convictions on how to make things better to, to lessen the suffering of human beings, of their neighbor, and to help them thrive better. Um, so, um, like for instance, for me, wearing that mask right now is just a way of loving my neighbor. Regardless of you know, what, what you think about that or, or how this whole crisis is being handled, it's not that hard. And, and it's, it, for me, that's where it comes down to. So I could go on forever uh, to talk about loving neighbor. But I hope this is just enough to get you thinking about it. Um, Paul kind of sums it all up by saying, look, put on Christ. Put on Christ. Put on Jesus. Um, don't make any um, provision for the flesh. He doesn't mean the body here. He means uh, that turned inward part that New International Version says sinful uh, nature uh, don't make any provision for that and he lists all the things and they're all ways that were turned inward whether it's quarreling or jealousy um, I hope we're not having dialogue just to win dialogue but to really search for the truth in our world today um, I hope we can do that not in a way of quarreling but in a way where we're all working together for to understand and get at the truth but I, won't, I don't have time to get into all of those. You can pour into them. It has to do with our sexuality. It has to do with um, how we treat our neighbor. Um, all of that comes into play. Are we turned inward or are we turned outward to our neighbor in love? And so Paul says that when you love your neighbor, you fulfill all those commandments. But he says to put on christ so it's the opposite of that turned inward nature but think about this concept just for a minute with me as the sun is just about ready to come and our salvation (laughs) is nearer than ever i love those shows those makeover shows sorry i they're 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 sometimes inspirational i enjoy them and of course I have some ladies in my household that enjoy them too. And and so, uh, you know, you know the shows I'm talking about. Somebody's friends nominate them and and either a group of people or a couple people or one person who's an expert on clothing and whatnot comes in. And, you know, they get a new haircut and they get a whole new wardrobe. And um in some of the shows, you know, they even get a new house, or their house gets made over and, and remodeled, and their space improved. And then there's even emotional and sometimes the spiritual work that's done. And and the and bottom line, it's used. The power of this is it's usually people who don't feel that great about themselves, or don't feel like they matter, or they count. Um, and and so they come in and, they, and you get this treatment and they feel like they count and they matter, they feel valued, and it kind of, the outside stuff changes their insides. Well, just think about this. All those things that those shows do for people, they're temporary, they're transitory. They won't last forever. Um, and I'm happy that it helps people. Uh, but bottom line, in the gospel we have a makeover that lasts forever. We have a makeover that God Almighty, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who revealed God's self in Jesus Christ, we have a makeover, the best makeover of all times, and that is the righteousness of Christ, that first pillar. And so Paul says, put that on. In the faith of our baptism, it was put on us, but now, we can have the promise that every day we can put on Christ. Um, So we have Christ, so now put him on. And I'll never forget this one um, woman I was working with way back in my ministry, um, on my internship even, and um, she was in an abusive relationship, and that relationship just continued to belittle her and put her down and put her down and put her down. Um, her own body image, just her intelligence, and this person just kept, they knew how to keep putting her down so that she would stay in this sick situation. Well, all I did was what the Lord has charged me to do and you to do, is I gave her Christ. And as she started to put on Christ, the promise that she is God's beloved, that she is perfect, because she has Christ, that she is forgiven, that she has God's grace and mercy, that God gave his son to die for her. And if nobody dies for somebody that has no value, none of us deserve it, but that's the promise is that we are worth it. We matter because we are God's beloved and as she put that on, it changed her life. Every day, folks, we can put on Christ. That's the gift of our baptism. So put them on. Our salvation is near than it's ever been. Jesus will make all things right. But until he does, put on Christ, know his righteousness, and oh, let's love our neighbor and live honorably and give honor to God in Christ Jesus. Thanks. Be to God for the new day. Amen.